Well, good morning, church. Happy Mother's Day, moms. Uh, you know, just, just in defense of the dads, just for the defense of the dads, you know, I, I think that, that somehow, some way, when we, when we started, whenever we started um, uh, uh, keeping track of, like, length and weight, I mean, it must have been a fisherman, quite frankly, that came up with that. You know, because a guy goes fishing, and he catches a big bass, and his friends say something like, well, how much did it weigh? And how long was it? Uh, I mean, as if our kids are bass or something, you know. Well, it was 21 inches, and that sounded a lot funnier in my head when I, <laughs> when I, when I came up here. Just, just think of that the next time you, you have a child or that you know a child has been born, okay? Hey, I want to notice that uh, today is about moms, and moms, we're focusing in on you. And, and in just a moment, I'm going to have a, a model, one of our many model moms from Whiting Christian Church come up and, and share a little bit. We're going to uh, do an interview here uh, this morning. But I, I also want to notice um, this morning that uh, for some of you, perhaps, uh, today, with all of the things around moms and the baby dedication, it's, it's a reminder for you that, uh, that for some reason or another, you haven't been able to have children. Uh, that, that for someone out there, uh, and perhaps many of you, uh, this is a day that's just a reminder that for some reason, uh, you haven't been able to have kids. Maybe it's an involuntary singleness. Uh, maybe it's a struggle with infertility. Um, but I want you to know this morning that even, even as you experience and see all the moms, and that seems to be a painful reminder for you, that I just want you to know that God's not given up on you, uh, that there is great hope in the Lord, whether you have a child or whether you don't, uh, that you can still place your trust in Him. Um, so before we move on and, and focus in on moms, I, I just want to uh, let everybody know that there is great hope for everybody in this room. So um, I want to transition now. Uh, I'm going to invite Nancy Carlson up. Uh, some of you know Nancy. Uh, she's uh, a model mom. And, and uh, over the next several minutes, I'm just going to interview her. I want you to hear from her and, um, and some of the things that she has experienced. And uh, moms, I hope that this is a, a great blessing to you. So will you welcome Nancy Carlson with me? So Nancy, uh, I'm so, so happy that you are willing to do this uh, with me this morning, and, um, and I know that all of these uh, folks here are really excited as well to hear from you. Um, I'm not going to ask you if you're nervous or anxious, um, uh, but I know that the Lord is working in you. So, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, some people here know you, other people don't. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, how many kids, kind of where they're at in their journey, where you're at with your, your, uh, your ministry journey with your children. Okay. So, um, it's, it's on, yeah. It's on. So one of the most important things, um, Dave Carlson's my husband, and we have our 37th anniversary this week. Woohoo! So, kind of. And about 30 years ago, I became a mom when Andrew was born. And we waited. Um, we had waited quite a while, seven years. And it was really the most wonderful thing. 
I think some of you can, all of you can relate as parents how that first one that you've really waited for. Um, and then 21 months later, Cassie was born. That was really great. And then 21 months later, Jordan was born and things got really hectic. <laughs> things got really kind of happened three, three and a half years and under. So that was really challenging. Um, and it was, it was good. Um, I was able to stay home with my kids for about six years. Then I had to go back to work. Um, Dave was farming then and things got kind of tough. And that's when things really got kind of crazy. Okay. At times. Where are your kids now? Tell okay. us a little bit about that. Where are so they now? So Andrew had um, graduated from Mortberg with a biology degree, and he is um, facilities director at Calvary Church in um, Omaha. So uh, kind of funny how God works things out like that. And he's married to Sarah and Emily's sister, and she, they're, they've got their first um, new puppy. Uh, so that's really that's just that's almost exciting. like a grandchild, yeah. right? Well, it's a grand pup. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what what was it weigh? It, did it weigh? Oh, what did it... It's huge. It's a okay. Grand Pyrenees. So, so how long huge. was it? <laughs> it's a keeper, whatever. Okay, it's a keeper. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, um, and Cassie is a personal trainer and has a side job to kind of support that, and she lives in North Carolina, and Jordan um, and his wife Brooke live in Salt Lake City, and um, he works for the FBI. So. Wow. Mm -hmm. I am not going to mess with no, Jordan. No, better not. <laughs> uh, not just because he is in the FBI, but if you know Jordan, he is taller than me, and he's, like, ripped. So <laughs> I am not messing with Jordan because he has, like, special training and stuff, I'm yeah. sure. So um, what were some of the best moments for you as a mom? What... Uh, you look back, what were some of the most rewarding times? What were, um, what were the most satisfying moments where you look back? Uh, scriptures talks about, um, you know, Mary treasuring up some things in her heart. What, what were some of those things for you as a mom? Like, oh, man, I just treasured these moments. I'd look back with them with great fondness. What, what were some of those? I think it'd have to be um, seeing them living their faith. And it, and it really started early. And we tried to recognize those things. And um, for example, I gotta think of one now. Um, who am I gonna start with? Jordan. So Jordan, um, very rambunctious. Um, he was always getting in trouble. And he had a book called, and in the book there was a raccoon called Rocky. Okay. And um, there was also in the book um, a lion, a really a majestic lion. And Rocky, Rocky was always getting in trouble. And um, one time he got into deep water. He literally got into deep water and he was drowning. And the lion jumped in and saved him for the risk of himself. He died. He died in that. And we explained to him, he's Rocky and Jesus is the lion. And he came to save him mm -hmm. at the risk of himself. And he wanted to take that book to school in second grade or first grade. And he wanted teacher to read it to him, and they did. He took that book and read it to him, and I, we, I think that's just a showing his faith and sharing his faith. Yeah. Um, for Cassie, it was a little bit different. In the seventh grade, we moved to Sioux Center, and um, they, were, they had a project, a demonstration of um, their faith. I mean, their passion. Um, what was their passion? And they had to present that. And she talked to the teacher, and she presented um, 
a video of the crucifixion. And she had kids crying about that. Wow. And, and a Bible study came out of that. And that was when she was in seventh grade. And that was just, and what we did, we tried to recognize those markers and talk about them, that that's living your faith. Um, for Andrew, um, he wanted to get baptized, I think maybe um, nine or ten. And we said, why do you want to get baptized? And he said, you know what? I think I'll get, better, get along better with Jordan. And we said, yep, it's a life changer. <laughs> That's right. And so that practical, and, he, and we still see it in their lives today, them living their faith. And that's really. That is really, really cool. It's, cool. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, how, uh, you know, when we see our children do those kinds of things with their faith, it really challenges us. And, uh, and, and how we kind of uh, want to, to <laughs> live up to that. Um, um, yeah, it's really interesting. One of the things that I know I, that I tell uh, my kids, try, try and tell them regularly is, hey, you know what? God's going to do great things in you. And, um, and so just to see and know that our children uh, can do great things with the Lord uh, is really incredible. So uh, it, there's been some high moments. Some of those are highs. What were, what were maybe some of the lows? What were some of the challenges the, uh, the things where you, you might have said as a mom, like, I am at the end of my rope right now. What, tell, can you tell us about some of those moments? Well, I think it's definitely in those times. So with our kids being three and a half um, years apart, they were always doing the same thing. And we had to be in everything, everything. And I think all of you, you can relate to that. You know, if it's not dance, it's... Uh, basketball, it's, we, did, we had to do it all. And we, we expect ourselves to do it all. And it's all good. But it doesn't create a good environment. Sometimes at home, when you're running this way and that way and you don't have enough sleep and you're not eating right, all those things. You um, mean fast food? Yeah. Is not... Hot dogs. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. Hot dogs at every mm, ball game. Right. Um, and what it created was a, a, an environment that no one excelled in, I think, and it, you, you kind of lose sight of what's important, and so what, what I tried to do during that time was good, better, best. I mean, it's all good. All those things are good, but what's best, and what's, what's better, and what's best for our family to, to decide on that, because it's not something any of us enjoyed when it was wow. really crazy. Wow, so it was kind of like ABC priority list. How, yes, it was prioritizing. So, yes. was there an instance that you can think of, like, how does that play out for some, you know, you know, my family? I feel, uh, and maybe many of you feel like you're running a lot, mm -hmm. um, kind of like what you're describing. We're eating mm -hmm. hot dogs at the game. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how do we do good, better, best? Uh, I mean, how do you decide? How do you decide and go? This definitely is a. This is B, this is C. This is good, this is better, this is best. How did you do that? Well, do you want to know when I thought that? Because yeah, there yeah, was sure, one morning when um, we were all trying to go and Jordan was being his usual self and <laughs> picking on everybody and making some guys cry. And, and for some reason, before school, I thought it was I needed to spank him. And he was eight or nine years old. And it wasn't going well. None of us were enjoying any of that. And Andrew just walked up and put his arms around me. 
and calmed me down and said, it's okay, Mom. You know, and I thought, yep, we got to calm down. We got to take a break. We got to slow down because none of this is working. And I don't know how we did it. Um, or maybe it was the end of a season, but um, you just had to be deliberate with the time you had. Okay. We read a lot of Bible stories. We prayed a lot at night. Um, that all. What I hear you saying is you don't get there by accident. You don't do good, better, best. Like you wake up in the morning and you go, hey, look, it's all together. Uh, you have to be super intentional about saying good, better, best. What, what's today going to look like? What's the month going to look like? How are we going to do that? Um, I really like that. Um, what, what were the, the ages for your kids that were maybe difficult for you as a mom? Um, were there transition periods where it was like, I am definitely pulling my hair out? Um, what was that like? I mean, you had, you had boy, two boys and a girl. Um, so was it different for each of them? Um, was it different for the boys and, and, and Cass? I mean, t- tell us a little bit about that, the transitions and how you dealt with that, if there were tougher ages than other ages. Okay. So definitely, you all know it's all different for all of your kids. And Andrew was a very strong-willed <clears throat> two-year-old. He was. He I'm was. Not, I'm not strong. You don't struggle. No. You don't probably don't have one. Yeah, I don't. Uh, not. I am not the typical strong-willed firstborn. No. <laughs> well, I mean, we couldn't even. He couldn't even have it a bath without turning on the hot water, scalding himself. I mean, he was a strong-willed child, and I had a sense at that time that if I don't get mutual respect here, I'm going to be dealing with this when I'm seven, and it's, and if I didn't do it then, it's I'm going to be dealing with it when he's 13, and then if I didn't get it then, it would be almost impossible to do it at 17, establish yeah. um, mutual respect. And so I, I had to be um, firmed, and, and we're talking challenging time or discipline? Not talking discipline yet, are we? Well, we, go ahead, uh, jump well. right into discipline. That's good, that's okay. No, I like it. Um, and well, discipline, um, not with Jordan, I mean, not with Andrew, but, um, you know, of course, it has to be age appropriate and um, setting the expectation ahead of time and then follow through with the consequences. That's the tough part, of course. It's the <laughs> tough part. Um, but, um, and to talk about that discipline a little bit more, we've been tried to have them be part of the consequences. So, like, have them, and often they were worse than we would be, right. you know, tougher than we would be. But, um, so we, like if they didn't follow, if they weren't respectful, if they didn't, what was the consequences of that? You know. So what were some of the expectations that you had in your home? I, I'm curious. Um, we kind of follow the rules, um, like um, be kind, be honest, um, be trustworthy was one thing. Like we to do what they said they were going to do, and if and if they weren't that, if they weren't trustworthy, we brought it all back, and they didn't they didn't have any privileges or or very little privileges to do things until they proved again that they were trustworthy. Yeah. So Sioux Center is kind of a con- conservative town, and later they told me that I was the most conservative in a conservative town. <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, what, what were some of the unique ways 
that you you did discipline. Uh, mm-hmm. You had three very different children. Um, what did you come up with? Uh, I mean, surely you came up with some very creative. Um, you, you had the expectation. You're not following expectation. Uh, here's, here's what's going to happen to you when you don't follow the expectation and follow through. What, what were some of the unique ways that you maybe, uh, on both sides of that, you tried to motivate um, to follow expectation? And then on the other side, uh, the unique ways in which you decided, like, this is going to, the axe is coming down, you know. Uh, well, can you talk to us about some of that? Yeah, and, and I didn't finish that last question. That's either, okay. So, yeah, yeah. But, keep going. Um, you know, but, well, with, um, I just talked about Andrew and his t- two-year-old. Cassie was exactly the opposite about, um, she was happy. She was very compliant. She wasn't, I wasn't challenged by her until she was about 21. <laughs> And then, then it came, and, it, and it'll come. Every, it'll come a time when your kids will challenge you. Your kids will say, mm, I don't believe that, or I don't, I don't agree with that. You know, it has to come sometime because it's part of internalizing their faith, yeah. internalizing their values to, to, to press and challenge ours. How did, you, how did you deal with that? Can you talk about that? Um, I'm just I'm really curious, uh, you know, for everybody in the room who, you know, we don't look forward... I, we don't look forward to those mm-hmm. days, right? Uh, you're saying they're going to come, everybody. Yeah. I, I don't want them to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're going to come, help me. Uh, how, do I, how do I face that well? Well, for one thing, um, you've got to be telling them from the time that they're little um, about Jesus and about what he's done and, um, and believe it and model it for him, for them, model that faith. Um, but let's see. So, you know, I, I think staying calm, you know, is part of that. Like for, for Cassie at 21, um, and I knew it was coming. I read those books. I read the Bringing Up Boys, and I read Dobson, and it said at some point, it's coming. And so don't be alarmed when it happens at 21. It's okay. That's part of um, pray, you pray for them. You pray with them, even if they don't want to. Uh, you know, um, and const- what, yeah, so that's the, that time. Yeah, um, yeah. It was actually easier, you know, for Andrew at two, and then he never questioned again, really, huh. hardly ever. Yeah. You know, and then Jordan, um, his challenging times was from about three to 17. <laughs> and he was really naughty. He was really naughty. And what we three found... Three to 17? Yeah, he was... He didn't get along with anybody, I mean, in the family. So he had problems with Dave, he had problems with me, didn't get along with Cassie, and he tortured, I mean, tortured Cassie, and he, yeah, he was. Not all the time, of course, but it was a challenge. And we, and the, his junior year, Andrew and Cassie both left for college, and he was perfect. And I figured out, finally, that the, they got attention because they were good, Andrew and Sarah. I mean, Andrew and Cassie. They were good. They were good. The kid teachers liked them. And Jordan got attention because he was naughty. A lot of attention. And to figure that out, and then at 17, he didn't have to do that anymore when they were gone. And to realize that. So you kind of have to look at what's happening and say, yeah. 
We didn't know. We didn't know that until they were gone. To be fair, okay. to be fair, I think that if my mom were sitting right here doing this interview with me, she would say, "From about two to eighteen, yeah. I was naughty." So, um, yeah. so Jordan and I have a kinship there. Um, uh, very good. Very good. Did I answer? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a fantastic transition. Um, so now, now I want to get into some of the discipline. Um, I really want to hammer this idea of what are those very practical sorts of what did you do? You know, um, so I'll give you an example. One of the things that uh, Jolyn and I have recently done to try and motivate our children to behave uh, is, you know, um, uh, we have a, a wide age range uh, in, in between our kids, and maybe some of you do as well. And, uh, and so they tend to be on very different planes um, uh, in their interests. And, uh, but one of them wants to play with the other one all the time. And, and so that creates friction. And so we're like, stop fighting. Why are you fighting? Uh, so we just did a marble jar. I mean, uh, and I'm thankful for my bride who came up with this, 10 marbles in a jar and you get something. Uh, what were some of the unique ways that you tried to motivate well uh, without making it like, oh, you have to get something to behave, you know? Uh, and what were some of the unique ways that you disciplined? I mean, did you take toys away? Did you, did you spank? Did, and what were the, maybe the different stages? You know, you didn't spank Jordan when he was 17. Um, so what did that look like? Well, we did spank at times. And we did spank, but appropriately spanked like with a swat at Andrew, and we never had to do it again. We did it when it was, he was young, two or three, and we didn't have to do that okay, again. Okay, this is really big. Mm -hmm. This is really big. Mm -hmm. You said an appropriate spank. Mm -hmm. Tell me what an appropriate spank is in your mind. What, what's appropriate spanking? Appropriate spank? <laughs> well. <laughs> Come on up, Dave. Uh, <laughs> tell us what the appropriate spank is. <laughs> we'll kind of get to this later in his Okay, okay, that's very but, good, very um, good. No, but, um, so appropriate spanking is on the bottom, on the bottom with a diaper was kind of our appropriate spanking, but, you know, Jordan would say, that didn't hurt, you know, and you've all heard that, you know, but, and so you have to use a different, effective, appropriate you yes. know, and we tried with Andrew, he had to stay in his room, and we'd come in and there wouldn't be a thing in his dresser or a thing on his bed. He would be dismantling his room or something like that, and so that had its own discipline. You know, it's, um, you just have to keep trying to find out what individually it works, yeah. um, but really probably that worked the best was take away privileges that they liked. Yeah. Taking, okay, you know, uh, you can't, you can't do this. You can't go that. And, and then when they got older, you can't have your phone for a week. You can't, yeah. you can't go out. Yeah. So those were what we used. Um, but. So as parents, we just need to make sure to mm -hmm. find levers, mm -hmm. right? right? To move the child yeah. a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and whatever that is mm -hmm. for that child, mm -hmm. use that. Right. Um, to try and help, help them grow, right? Help yeah. them mold them, mm -hmm. uh, help them understand what's right and what's wrong and what the Lord would have them do. Mm -hmm. uh, were there any things that you ever rewarded? 
Um, how, how did you do that? I mean, we don't want to over reward, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm only going to do this if I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes we reward. Uh, how did you balance that? I do remember things that they didn't want to participate in or they didn't want to do, and it didn't matter. Um, I mean, to me, like, okay, this, this might be really bad, but like if they we needed to participate in something um, that it wasn't, it's not um, essential or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, this is really, really bad, but I paid them to do some things that they didn't want to do to reward them. You sure. know, like, like your allowance. We didn't do allowance because we expected them to do jobs. Right. But on times, like, okay, I'll pay for you to do this or do that. Now, that's not the best reward, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I know. But it worked, and they were really good kids. They didn't take advantage of that. And I, that's probably not what you want. Okay, no, no, that's fantastic. No, this is really good. I'm, I'm asking for your experience, and, and I appreciate your, your transparency. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about, uh, from your perspective, what did you really appreciate from your husband? Dave's an elder here. Uh, obviously, he's seen as a, a godly man in this community. Um, what did he do that you would say was really, really important for you as a mom that you thought, wow, man, if, if every husband would do this for every mom, like, um, moms would be going, whoa. Uh, what, what was that for Dave uh, with you? Well, I think he recognized our strengths and our weaknesses. And so, like, for when I was going back to work and there was five people trying to get out of the house at the same time, and I talked about that, it was kind of chaotic and weren't getting good breakfast, he made breakfast for us every day. He made good breakfasts, like warm, hot breakfasts for us every day. So he delayed his going out farming, and he made breakfast for us wow. every day. That was a great thing for years he did for us. Um, he also, like, recognizing our strengths and weaknesses. I could tell him, like, I, I think that discipline was too harsh if he, you know, was carried out. And he trusted me on that. He listened to me, and we could talk about those, those things. But really, the very most important thing is he's the spiritual leader of our home. And he took that responsibility very seriously. Um, so, like, we always prayed together. We always came, went to church together. Even if we were on vacation, he would find a church that we could go to together. Um, and we carried that through till when they went to college. We went with them and found a church that we could go together. And that was his doing. He, he did that. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really, really good. And they still call him for questions like, is this really true? Is, can you explain this to him on spiritual questions? He's, they still call him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. That's really cool. Uh, what would you say, how would you encourage uh, maybe some of the moms out here this morning, um, if there's an audience this size, uh, and as many moms as we have present this morning, uh, there are moms this morning who are struggling. They are facing some challenges. They get up in the morning, and they feel like they failed already. Um, you know, something happens, and they just, they just feel like, I can't get it right. What would you tell them this morning? How would you um, encourage them? How would you help them seek that, you know, uh, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? What would you say? Well, first, I'd say um, 
recognize where that's coming from. So um, God established the families. And it's a, it's a really, really important thing to, uh, to get um, faith from one generation to the next generation. And it's really effective to do that. And the devil doesn't want that to happen. The devil doesn't want the families to be strong. And they're going to attack. The devil's going to attack anyway. It says it in the Bible. He's walking around trying to figure out how, ways to make us stumble. And that's, if that's what's happening, um, and you're doing the right things, you know, um, you're not a failure. You've got to recognize that. Um, but can you say that one more time? Uh, moms, if you have tuned out, can you tune back in for a moment? I want you to hear this from a model mom. Would you say that again, please? <laughs> so it, it might not be your fault. You might be doing everything right, and you're not a failure. And, but it's hard, and our society says that that's not really what you need to be doing. But we do. It's valuable, and no one else can do what you need to do for your kids. Maybe your dad. Maybe their dad. Always, of course, their dad. <laughs> um, and so, but if it's, if you need, if people need um, physical help, like if you need more sleep, or if you need, um, if you need to see a doctor about something, take care of the problems that you have. And if you need to have um, spiritual help, there's people that'll help you um, for different, different things. Um, let's see. Ask people to pray for you. Prayer is a power that, um, it's not our power, it brings God's power into um, in your prayers. You have God's power when you ask him to do things. Um, it's really remarkable. Um, I had some more notes. Oh, that, that's a, no, a it's fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, while she looks, I just want to uh, reiterate, uh, moms, uh, all those things, would you have us pray for you? Uh, would you have others pray for you? Would you know that you're not in this alone? Uh, would you seek out counsel from maybe other moms or, or other families? Do not go in isolation on, on uh, what parenting is or what parenting does. Um, and uh, please, please know, moms, you're not failing, okay? Uh, yes, you so, yeah. And keep your perspective. You might, say, you might call it your self-talk. You might call it your perspective or um, it also um, your mindset. Don't let the negative things in your mind defeat you um, because it can. And be around positive people. Be around Christian people. Listen to Christian music to help you straighten what you're, what you're hearing in your mind because that can be, defeat you quickly, what's going on in your mind. Your perspective of how important this is um, is very, very valuable. Um, and you don't have to do it all by yourself, I think. Um, and pray, even if you don't. At times, I would say, okay, Lord, it's me again. It's needing me again, you know? And it's constant. When, I, when that prayer, is, I mean, that scripture says, pray without ceasing, sometimes that's how it is. I, I can't do this, Lord. You know, you just have to cry out to him. God, it's me. Help. Uh, yeah, that's really good. Mm -hmm. You had a scripture verse that you wanted I to share with did. us. Can we put that up on the screen? I did. 
Romans 12, 9 through 13. Tell us what this has mm -hmm. meant to you as a mom. I think this kind of encapsulates how we should um, interact with our families. Um, so love sincerely. Um, it's good to say I love you, but what does that look like to them? You know, uh, that's staying up late sometimes. That's going the extra mile for them. Um, always supporting them. And um, hate what is evil. You don't hate your kids, but you, you um, set the tone that evil things are not good for you or, or hate what is evil. We have to keep away from things that aren't positive, aren't, aren't um, evil, but cling to what is good. Be, be devoted to each other. Honor each other above yourself, meaning you can not be selfish. You can put away things, um, put your wants aside, which as moms we do all the time. Um, be excited about God and serving him. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Um, I can't underestimate and can't underemphasize what prayer can do for us. Share with God's people. We all need him. People are in the same boat. And practice hospitality. So have your kids' kids over. You know, plan things for them. Um, interact with other families that have your kids' age families. Yeah, that's really, really good. Would you thank Nancy for coming up and sharing with me this morning? I want to pray with you. Um, if, uh, if you're just curious about uh, what it means to find and follow Jesus, uh, that's what we're here to, to help you do. If you want to love people where you live, if you want to build Christ-like communities, we're so glad that you've chosen to take a, a, a bit of your time this morning and be a part of Whiting Christian Church. We just love having you. I'm going to pray. Um, would you stand as we do that this morning? Lord, it is a privilege to come into your presence in prayer this morning. And uh, Lord, we thank you that you're God. You created the universe. And uh, because you are the creator, uh, you created moms. Lord, we thank you that... Um, we thank you that you are in firm control of all the things that are happening in the universe. We, we pray that your hand will be upon moms. We pray for dads too, but this morning we know that uh, this day in our culture, uh, we are looking at moms. And so, Lord, I pray for all the moms. I pray that you will bring them peace in moments of great anxiety. I pray, Lord, that you will bring them hopefulness uh, when they feel like they're at the end of their rope. Lord, I pray that you will enable them the kind of strength and stamina to hold on and to be faithful. Lord, I pray that you will be with them and grant them what it is that is most needed for them to be able to be faithful to you. Lord, and I pray that their tutelage, their opportunity at being moms will show the fruit in the next generation. Lord, I pray for their children and their children's children. Uh, that they will come to know you, and in part, Lord, that will be because these moms have been faithful to you. Lord, I pray that they will not give up. I pray that they will not stop praying. 
I pray that, Lord, there will never be a moment where they say, I can't do it anymore. And when that moment comes, Lord, that you will be so present then that they will know your presence so clearly that they will go back and hold on. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. And I pray it over our moms. And we ask, Lord, that you will bless and keep them. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.